There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but he treated them on the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the ear. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants, who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read did you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So, in the celebration of the liturgy, we are now on the 27th Sunday in the ordinary time. But for us, it's special because it's again our monthly. Mass, you know, the second Sunday of our devotion uh, to the divine mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a blessing, because actually uh, the message of the readings, particularly the gospel, is of course directed to everyone, but in a special way we can relate and we can connect the value and the importance of the divine mercy here. You know, if there's one word that really stand, stands out in the readings, what's that word? Did you listen to the, the readings? Hui. Ano? Vineyard. Right, correct. It was and has been repeated several times, right? Both in the first reading and in the gospel. The word vineyard. But how is it significant or uh, relevant to us? 
what's its significance and relevance or importance. You know, in the context of the first reading, obviously it's about the people of Israel, and in fact it's being affirmed by the prophet Isaiah and the responsible Sam. The house of Israel is the vineyard of the Lord. But you know, as in many other books of the prophets, and when a prophet is being sent, because that time the people of Israel were in misery, were suffering, they were in exile, and in their sufferings they've realized that all this that they've went through is or they've gone through was because of their rebelliousness, of their sinfulness, of their disobedience. In other words, their condition or state as a people of God was not right. There's something wrong. And in fact, to their eyes, it was kind of a punishment. And it's so clear, you know, how it is being uh, written and portrayed by Isaiah, that there's this friend who had a vineyard and he did everything, no? to assure that come harvest time, he would yield good fruits, but only to find, according to the gospel, wild grapes, when in fact he did what he could. And it's very telling, you know, because again, the vineyard that's, that the prophet was talking about and it's directed to the people of Israel. But the question is, because if we connect it to the gospel and to us, then we realize, is it really that the vineyard of the Lord are the Israelites only? That's the fundamental question. Is it the house of Israel only? Because if we read the Bible, it, doesn't, it didn't stop there. The revelation of God in His love and His fidelity and His care and His mercy to His people, it didn't end to the people of Israel. In fact, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, then we realize that the fullness of the Father's revelation is Jesus Christ. But that's how it is also being emphasized in the, the gospel, that even those who were witnesses to be are supposedly in, and of the Lord Jesus, of what he preached, of what he did, of his coming, and before these, their eyes, many manifestations and, again, signs of who he is, and he is, in fact, the Son of God and the Savior of the world, even those supposed to be experts of the Lord. Remember that the context of the gospel is directed to the chief priests and elders of the people. Many of them refused to believe and recognize the Lord Jesus. And this classic declaration no, from the Old Testament as well, the stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. But with that parable again, that there's a landowner who had a vineyard, and again, he did what he could for this a good vineyard, and he entrusted it to tenants. And then when and came harvest time as uh, the owner, 
he would like to have his share, obviously, because he entitled, is entitled to it. Then these tenants no, abused and refused to give his share of his land. They killed those servants being sent, the first, the second, and finally his only begotten son. And of course, if we think about it, who is this, this only son? It's the Lord Jesus. So, in other words, if we are talking about the vineyard of the Lord, then we realize it's this group of people who came to know Jesus and accept and believe in him. His kingdom. And it's very important because it is in this, it is in this point, really, that we have to look at ourselves, who we are. Can we consider ourselves as the vineyard of the Lord? Yes or no? Can we consider ourselves as or can be the vineyard of the Lord? Yes or no? Yes. Now, do you believe or are you convinced that you are the vineyard of the Lord? Because that's very important. That is very important. If we do not see ourselves and we are not convinced that we are the vineyard of the Lord, because again, with the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, by His passion, death, and resurrection, by the gift of the Holy Spirit through Pentecost, the institution of the church as the mystical body of Christ, and through baptism, we are being constituted into sons and daughters of God the Father, baptized and redeemed by our Lord Jesus Christ. That who truly, that's who truly uh, we truly are, according to Saint Paul. That we are the new vineyard of the Lord in our time in this world that we live, our very own lives. We are the tenants, the stewards, because if the first reading is about fruitfulness, then the second reading, I mean the gospel, it's about stewardship. It's about accountability. It's about responsibility. It's being able to give to God what is due to our love, through our love, through our service to Him. And that's where you know, the, the importance and the relevance why this devotion and a way of life, the divine mercy? Because, again, the world today is in need of it. It's kind of there's ignorance or rejection. In fact, this divine mercy is being referred to as kind of the last and final hope of our redemption. Because, again, of the refusal or ignorance of so many to have and live that mercy of the Lord in their lives and through the Lord Jesus' uh, manifestations or uh, visions or spiritual experiences that St. Faustina revealed to St. Faustina that we have now through her diary. But that's the thing, no? And very concretely, if there's, again, in our own spiritual life and in the life of the church, 
that we can truly have the divine mercy of the Lord as we know it, of course, is the Holy Eucharist and the sacrament of confession. But, but that's the thing. It's coming from each and every one of us. And as you know, I guess you know already because you are, and we are devotees of the divine mercy. What are the ABCs of the divine mercy? Hui. I think you are devotees. What are the ABCs of the divine mercy? No? First, A. Ask for God's divine mercy. Then the second, B. Be merciful. The third is completely trust in the divine mercy of the Lord. Because that's, that's what we need, really. No? I guess why there's this obedience precisely because we forget no? that need for obedience and acceptance of the divine mercy of the Lord being our master, our savior. And why there's sin, basically because, again, we forget that. And when we fall into sin, if we do not believe in the mercy of the Lord, and we do not recognize our need for him, then we do not turn to him. But we know as we are, if we are truly honest with our lives, there's nothing perfect. The, the life that we live now as a people, even in our homes, there's a crisis of faith, even in our communities, even as a church, even as a nation, we know that. There are so many problems many forces against the Lord and against the church and against Christ. Even in, the, in politics, we know this. There's division, there's conflict. Then, speaking of Israel no, as the vineyard of the Lord, I guess you are aware of what's happening in the Holy Land right now. It's in great need of our prayer because, again, there's that eruption of conflict now. There's war between the Palestinians and the Israeli, Israelis, no, especially those radical groups. So in terms of peace and order, as we know it, at this time, right now in the Holy Land, but in many other parts of the world, but even within the church, we know that there's conflict and division with the synod going on that just started in Rome. It's so kind of a polarizing uh, development in the church, even with the Holy Father, if we, we know and see it in the news. But what's consoling to me, if we trust in the mercy of the Lord, in the message of the Holy Father, he said, the real protagonist in the synod is not us. It's the Holy Spirit. And the center is and should be the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is, and it has to be done with prayerful and respectful listening. Because if we do not listen and we do not discern it through and by the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit, it's impossible. No? But of course, everyone is worried and there are those who are not in favor of this. After all, it's the future that of the church is, that's at stake. But we know that we really are in need of God's mercy. 
And we have to trust in Him. And again, what's revealed in the Bible and in the life of the church, that He appointed men to be His shepherds and pastors to lead God's people. And His promise that I will be with you until the end of, of time. So with all this, but again, even in the words of St. Paul in the, in, the, in the second reading, it's so powerful if we listen to the words of St. Paul. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And if we paraphrase it, it's basically the same. Trust in my mercy. Turn to me. Ask for my mercy. In your prayers and petition, make this, all this known to God with the spirit of a grateful heart. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And again, be merciful. But again, if we translate it in the words of, or paraphrase it in the words of St. Paul, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things and keep on doing this. And it's just being summarized again in these three EBCs. Ask. Be merciful, trust in the mercy of the Lord. So we pray because it's a way of life in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives, recognizing and having Him really as the cornerstone, the center of our life in His most divine mercy. And we are in need of Him. It's a lie when we do not recognize that. With our imperfections, with our sinfulness, with, what, with everything that's happening in the world today, be it in our own personal lives, in our families, in the community, in the society, in our country, in the church, and in the whole world. In all honesty and humility, there's no one to turn to but the Lord Jesus in His most divine mercy. Amen? Amen? Because we pray, because after all, if we really come to think of it, the Lord Jesus never denied and never rejected us. He remained and always remains faithful to us. Because again, we are, he is giving us the chance to recognize and live that after all, all of us, every one of us, each and every one of us, we are his vineyard. And we pray, no? we pray. And may his word and Holy Eucharist 
the blessing that we have right now in the sacrifice of the Holy Mass. Touch our hearts and bless each and every one of us. Amen. Please stand. Amen.